South Carolina had to thwart off a second-half comeback attempt from the Ole Miss Rebels on Tuesday night. And while it might not feel like it, it actually might be a good thing for the Gamecocks moving forward. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and also a staff writer for Gamecock Digest over on Fan Nation. Thank you all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team every day. We are free and available as always wherever you get your audio podcasts daily and also on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Lamont Paris and the number fifteen ranked South Carolina Gamecocks had to sweat one out a little bit on Tuesday night against the Ole Miss Rebels, as they seemed like that they were going to run away with the ball game at a certain point in the second half, but things got a little bit hairy as the final minutes ticked down, as Ole Miss wound up putting together a admirable comeback attempt and forced South Carolina to have to really crack down on the defensive end at the end of the game. And because of the fact that the Gamecocks had to throw off a comeback attempt on Tuesday night, I would actually say that that is a good thing for this team, considering the circumstances. The main reason that I say that is this. It has been a minute since South Carolina has had to sweat it out in a situation where everyone expects them to be the team that rises to the occasion. What exactly do I mean when I say that? Well, South Carolina has played games recently against Arkansas on the road. The number six Kentucky Wildcats at home. The number five Tennessee Volunteers up in Knoxville. Those three games in particular were games where Vegas and I'm sure people outside of Columbia looked at those games and said, the Gamecocks are just not going to win those games. Sure, they might put up a pretty good fight in each of those contests, but I just don't see them pulling out the W at the end of the day. And so therefore, the pressure was more on South Carolina's opponents to get the job done rather than South Carolina. South Carolina was able to play with a little bit more house money in terms of the disrespect that they were getting at that time. Disrespect that is quickly dwindling with what all they have done on the hardwood over the past couple of weeks. They also played a game against Georgia on the road where, while South Carolina was down for a decent portion of that game, they never really were out of it. They never really lost control of that game. And then the Missouri Tigers, they came to Columbia and sure, they kind of put up their own comeback attempt in the second half of that game. But South Carolina was able to fend them off at the end when it mattered the most. That was kind of the last time when South Carolina really had to fight and scrap at the end of a game in a matchup where, again, they were kind of the favorite going into it. And a lot of people did think that this was going to be a close game between the Gamecocks and the Rebels on Tuesday night. But as I mentioned earlier, South Carolina had their chance to slam the door shut on Ole Miss in the second half. They were up 16 points with 13 minutes and 53 seconds left in the contest. 
South Carolina was absolutely phenomenal in the first half on the offensive end. They were hitting a bunch of three-point shots. They were getting the kind of shots that they wanted. They were doing a great job of sharing the basketball. Colin Murray Boyles was establishing a massive presence in this game. We'll talk about him a little bit more in a few minutes on today's show. Miles Studi came off the bench and delivered four big-time three-point shots for South Carolina. Michi Johnson did a great job of moving the ball around on the floor. The Gamecocks were just doing about everything right offensively. They were up, I believe, 43-31 to 31 at halftime. So they had a pretty solid cushion halfway through this game. And they built on that in the first few minutes of the second half. But then Ole Miss, they cut the lead down to as low as two points with seven minutes and three seconds left in the game. A lot of people might sit there and think that this game, it took about maybe 10, 11 minutes for Ole Miss to get the lead down to two points. No, that was not the case. This was a two-point game with seven minutes remaining. Plenty of time for Ole Miss to make things happen and basically just completely turn the game on its head if you are a South Carolina player, coach, or fan. And South Carolina, in a way, they were kind of helping them get back in this game because um, South Carolina on the offensive end, they just started to settle for a lot of really bad shots. South Carolina was a bit hesitant to drive to the basket because the Rebels put in a seven foot five center in Jamarian Sharp, who actually played for Western Kentucky this past basketball season. And so therefore, South Carolina has played Jamarian Sharp before. But the difference now is that Sharp is surrounded by pun intended here, a bunch of sharpshooters in the starting lineup for the Ole Miss Rebels. Guys like Alan Flanagan, guys like Matthew Morrell. And so with that kind of help, Sharp is in a lot more one-on-one situations with the Ole Miss Rebels being on that roster. And South Carolina, they they had some busts on defense. And then offensively, again, they weren't willing to drive to the basket. And some guys just are not willing to try to create a mid-range shot for themselves. And so the Gamecocks wind up settling for a lot of deep three-point attempts, but they're contested. And they're not quite ideal, I would say. And so Ole Miss, because of all that, they cut the lead down to two. But at the end of the day, South Carolina was able to lean on its defense, and its defense saved them in the end. But the point that I'm getting at here is this. This is a game that probably could have gone either way if we want to be really honest about our conclusions coming out of this contest. South Carolina could have very well lost this game. They absolutely could have. And if they had lost this game, all of the respect, all the attention that they had been getting for the past few days, they're finally ranked. They weren't ranked last week. They let us know about it over the weekend. So we put them at 15 in the Associated Press poll. You turn around and lose a game to an Ole Miss team that, again, is a solid team. Not trying to downgrade or degrade Ole Miss as a basketball squad. But Ole Miss had not done very well on the road this year, especially against SEC opponents, and you very nearly let them complete a 16- or 17-point comeback. That's not ideal if you're a South Carolina fan. But it should not be forgotten that South Carolina, they did build that big of a lead in the first place. You cannot discount that. And they still managed to get the win at the end of the night. So the most important thing is you still got the W, but at the same time, as Lamont Paris put it in his postgame presser, 
they're going to have a good film session coming out of this game. There's going to be plenty of things that Lamont Paris is going to be able to point to where he's going to be able to call guys out defensively and offensively and basically explain uh, this is why this game very nearly went the other way. So, for a team that had won five games in a row coming into last night, a team that was now ranked in the AP and USA Today coaches poll, I don't want to say this team got humbled a little bit, but uh, they definitely, in a way, they got lucky. They got lucky. Just have to admit it. And sometimes in basketball, that is going to happen. You know, it's not like football where if you're a team like Georgia, you're just expected to blow out everybody that you play. In baseball and basketball especially, you're going to lose games sometimes. You're going to have nights where you just don't play all that well, and maybe a team that's not as good as you, they wind up stealing one from you. Or you let them hang around long enough, and they eventually just make a big enough push at the end, and it comes back to bite you. The fact that you couldn't slam the door shut. And that's really what happened to South Carolina on Tuesday night. So it's a good thing that they won this game, but it's also not a bad thing. That this team played a game where they had to be reminded why you cannot afford to have a long stretch where you play bad basketball in terms of letting your opponent get what they want offensively and you not finding a way to create something for yourselves on the offensive end. So, good win for South Carolina, but certainly have some things to clean up before they face the Vanderbilt Commodores this coming Saturday afternoon. Now, as I mentioned earlier, there were definitely some bright spots coming out of last night's game, and one of them revolves around Colin Murray Boyles. I think it's time to say, folks, Colin Murray Boyles, he is a budding star on this South Carolina men's basketball team, and I'm going to explain why in just a few moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Now, I got a quick question for all of you. What would you do if you were in Las Vegas, bought a ticket to the Super Bowl, and had an extra $100 when using code VEGAS100? I might take some of it to put on some specialty bets that are being offered up by FanDuel Sportsbook. I might take the rest of it and either spend it on a nice dinner or probably go to another sporting event. I might check out Asia Wilson, former Gamecock, and the Las Vegas Aces. I might go and watch the Las Vegas Golden Knights play on the ice in the NHL. The point here is when you have game time, game time helps you take out all the guesswork. When it comes to buying tickets right now, all game time users can get $100 off a big game ticket with code Vegas 100 terms apply. Just download the game time app and use code V E G A S 100 for $100 off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the game, use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. When you create an account, Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. And as always, a really big thank you to each and every one of you everydayers who make the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your daily choice for South Carolina Gamecock sports coverage. Folks, it's time we start talking about Colin Murray Boyles in the same vein that we talk about Miji Johnson 
BJ Mack, Taylon Cooper. Y'all, we've got to start doing it because we are seeing Colin Murray Boyles become a budding star before our very eyes. The past couple games have really started to showcase that to all of us. Against Georgia, I believe Colin Murray Boyles was the leading scorer in that game. If not, he was second in scoring. Colin Murray Boyles led the team in points last night against the Ole Miss Rebels and was one rebound shy of recording a double-double. Colin Murray Boyles, he has got foundational pieces that if you're Lamont Paris in this South Carolina basketball program, you have got to like out of your power forward. Colin Murray Boyles has a combination of length and quick twitch type explosiveness that makes him really, really tough to go up against as a defender. He is also a guy that is a very solid passer for his position. And so, basically, Colin Murray Boyles, he's not going to fumble around the basketball. He's not going to let it slip out of his hands very easily when he's on offense or if he's going up for a rebound. In a way, he's kind of got sticky hands. Once he gets his hands on the ball, he's not letting go of it. So, he's got a combination of grip strength, physical intangibles, and explosiveness that if you're Lamont Paris... You just cannot coach. You can't coach God-gifted athleticism. You just can't. And Colin has got that in spades, especially when you look at the position that he plays. Now, Murray Boyles also does need to improve in a couple of aspects. Some of this is going to come with time, and the rest of it he kind of needs to work on himself. What's going to come with time is his ability to be able to play defense against guys that are away from the basket or away from the paint area. Because if Kyle Murray Boyles is asked to go out to the perimeter or close to it and have to guard a player face up, he can get a little bit antsy at times. He gets a little bit jumpy. Any slight movement that the guy makes with the basketball Colin, he gets a foot up, or sometimes he gets both feet up, or he starts, he lunges forward. He does a bunch of little things that, again, are to be expected because he is a true freshman at the end of the day. Did not expect Colin Murray Bulls to play like the best player on this team by this point in the season, especially when you consider the fact that, again, uh, this kid missed the first few weeks of the season because of mononucleosis. But Colin Murray Boyles. He's already a solid defender on the low block. So, when he gets more experience defending guys out closer to the three-point line, he's going to become an even better all-around defender. Another area where he needs work is his confidence when he is fed the ball on the low block on the offensive end. There are times where I will watch these games, and I will find myself sitting there saying, Colin, just take the ball and go up with it. Just go to the basket. Again, you have probably the athleticism advantage against your guy. The guy is about the same size as you. You just got to test him right here. And there were a couple occasions where that took place against Ole Miss on Tuesday night. Where Colin, quite frankly, at least from my vantage point, again, I don't claim to be a basketball aficionado, but 
from the knowledge that I had built up over years of watching the sport, I felt like he had an advantage, and he passed up on it and kicked the ball back out to somebody else. And I feel like that a part of the reason that that happens is because Colin is still building up the confidence to maybe continuously attack the basket, or maybe because Colin's playing with a bunch of seniors and guys that have been around the block, a Taylon Cooper, a Michi Johnson, Miles Studi, BJ Mack, maybe because he plays around those guys on this team, he doesn't want to kind of become maybe known as a ball hog. Maybe it's, you know, he doesn't want to feel like that he's sliding the other guys when he just decides that he's going to just go up with it. But I also sometimes see possessions where, you know, Colin gets the ball multiple times on the low block, which when those situations happen, in my opinion, that's basically the other guy's way of saying, hey, just take the ball and go with it. So I do feel like that confidence does need to get a little bit better on that end. However, I did ask Colin Murray Boyles after the game in the postgame pressers about where his confidence is now compared to where it was when he played Clemson earlier this season. And he said that there's been tremendous growth in that aspect and that he's been working hard on it every single day, which is a great sign. It's a great thing to hear from the young freshman. Overall, the reason that I say all of this is to get to this point. Calvary Boyles, in my opinion, when it comes to his ceiling, his potential, he is a future NBA player. He has got already pretty much everything that you want on the defensive end. When Colin Murray Boyles really figures things out on the offensive end, when it comes to, again, consistent confidence in his ability to go and attack somebody on the low block and also have a consistent jump shot. Some people sit there and say that, you know, he doesn't have one at all. I don't think that's true necessarily. You go back and watch some of his highlights from high school. Colin Murray Boyles had moments where he was hitting shots from behind the three-point line. So I don't think that he lacks a jump shot. I just think that, again, considering the role that he is asked to play right now with this team, Murray Boyles, he pretty much just has to focus on trying to wear guys down in the post. That's kind of his role. In terms of picking and popping, BJ Mack, he's kind of the guy out of the front court that's going to be asked to do that. And yes, I do still think that he should take three-point shots. I know he didn't have a great game last night shooting the basketball, and I know he gets hot and cold, depending on whatever day it is. But BJ Mack should never lose the confidence when it comes to shooting the basketball. Just wanted to make that side note. But Colin Murray Boyles, he is now a real integral part of this basketball team. He is no longer just the young buck that's kind of being brought along by everybody else. Especially when you also counter in that he made the biggest play of the game on Tuesday night against Ole Miss. That block against seven foot five center Jamarian Sharp with around 90 seconds left in the contest. South Carolina was up, I believe, three or five points at that point. So it was a one or two possession game. And he kept it that way because of how quick he was to react and the fact that he basically jumped out the gym to get to the ball. Y'all, this kid's got some special traits. And South Carolina, sure, they are set to lose some guys after this season. And I know we don't want to go that far yet because it's been a special season. And so we should all enjoy what we're watching right now. But at some point in time, some guys will eventually be walking out that door, unfortunately, for the last time. Which means that you got to have something to look forward to for next year. 
And I'm telling you right now, Colin Murray Boyles is that dude. He is going to be that guy. Just wait until he gets into their offseason in this program. And he has a whole year of experience under his belt to lean on moving forward, where he has learned from a guy like a B.J. Mack, another veteran like a Josh Gray, and even Benjamin Bozeman's for Donk. He's got veterans all around him in the front court that he can just, where he can just pick their brain about all the things that they've been through in their college careers. He's very fortunate, quite frankly, to be in the position he's in when it comes to the guys that are surrounding him at his position on this roster. So, again, Colin, he he is going to do some tremendous things, I think, by the time his career is over here at South Carolina. No question about that. Now, the Gamecocks are officially 20-3 on the season and 8-2 in conference play. And we have now reached a point where there is increasing talk about this team's chances to potentially win the SEC regular season title. So, how likely is that to happen? What all has to take place in order for it to happen? We'll dive into all of that in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Now, we are officially less than seven days away from the Super Bowl, which means that FanDuel has got some specialty bets that are out there for all of you to partake in. They've got bets regarding the coin toss, the color of the Gatorade bath, the first one that the winning coach is going to get, and also a bunch of player prop bets. But there's an intriguing one regarding total rushing yards in a particular matchup of quarterbacks in this case. So Patrick Mahomes versus Brock Purdy. Essentially, who's going to have more rushing yards? The money lines for these guys are really interesting because Patrick Mahomes is set at minus 300. The money line for Brock Purdy, plus 250. Brock Purdy, did we all see what he did against the Detroit Lions in the NFC title game? His legs are what got the 49ers to Las Vegas in Super Bowl 58. So... I think that if you're looking to find a diamond-in-the-rough specialty bet, this might be one to put some money down on. But either way, new customers can join today and get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. We cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. With South Carolina now getting to 20-3 and on the season and 8-2 and in conference play, a lot more people are talking about this team as a potential SEC regular season title contender. And I gotta say, as far as that race is concerned, I think that South Carolina is definitely right in the thick of it. But if the Gamecocks want to win the regular season title, I think that they're going to have to run the table in essence and also receive a little bit of help on the side. So before we dive into some of the other contenders here in this title race, let's talk about South Carolina's remaining schedule here in the regular season. Going to run through all these games very quickly. South Carolina plays Vanderbilt this upcoming Saturday. Then they play on the road at Auburn which is followed by a home game against LSU. They then play back-to-back road games against Ole Miss and Texas A&M, then back-to-back home games against Florida and Tennessee, 
And then their final game of the regular season will take place at Mississippi State. Now, out of all these games, I think that there is one likely loss on this schedule, and that is at Auburn. I think that South Carolina has a path to winning the rest of those games on that schedule. Not saying that they're going to, but there's a path to do so. So that would be one loss right there. Now, what about the other teams that are contending in this title race? Well, the other team we got to talk about first and foremost is the Alabama Crimson Tide. And the Crimson Tide are currently a half game ahead of South Carolina in the SEC standings and in first place in the SEC. They play at Auburn later tonight. That's going to be a massive game, and Gamecock fans are going to say right now, you need to be Auburn Tiger fans tonight. They really need the Tigers to upset the Crimson Tide in Auburn. Then, the Crimson Tide plays at LSU, which is followed by back-to-back home games versus Texas A&M and Florida. That's then followed by back-to-back road games at Kentucky and at Ole Miss. Then they play Tennessee at home, at Florida, and versus Arkansas. I look at that schedule, and I see only one likely loss for Alabama, and that is also at Auburn. Now, if those results held right there, just for South Carolina and Alabama in this hypothetical, with the likely losses that I brought up there, South Carolina would be one game behind Alabama. And remember, Alabama owns the tiebreaker because they defeated South Carolina earlier in the regular season, and there's not going to be a rematch between these two teams, unfortunately. So South Carolina needs Alabama to lose one more game than they do for the rest of the season. But the thing is, they've also got two other teams to watch out for in this title race, Auburn and Tennessee. Auburn is a half game behind South Carolina currently, and again, they play Alabama later tonight at home. Then they play at Florida. Then they have back-to-back home games against South Carolina and Kentucky, followed by two road games at Georgia and at Tennessee. They then play against Mississippi State at home. Then they play at Missouri, and they end the season versus Georgia in Auburn. Two likely losses there for Auburn at Florida and at Tennessee. They have not been a good road team, but they've been a very good home team this season. And then Tennessee. The Volunteers play LSU later tonight or this coming Saturday. They then play at Texas A&M at Arkansas. Then they play Vanderbilt at home at Missouri. Versus Texas A&M, versus Auburn, at Alabama, at South Carolina, versus Kentucky. I see two, potentially three losses there for Tennessee. I think that they're going to lose at Alabama, and I could see them losing one of either Texas A&M or South Carolina, both of those games being on the road, or the Volunteers could drop both those games. But right now, I do believe that they're also only a half game back of South Carolina, So, the Gamecocks, again, there is a chance that they can win the SEC regular season title. That's not a pipe dream anymore. That is a legit possibility. But, South Carolina, if they're going to do it, they're going to have to continue to win these games. uh, Which, obviously. But, they can't lose, like, more than two. South Carolina's absolute limit in terms of... How many mulligans do they get the rest of the way? I probably would set at a max of two. If you lose three or more, I would say that you're going to probably wind up losing the race for the SEC regular season title. So, at this point in the season, besides the opponents that South Carolina literally plays on their schedule, the other teams that you really need to pay attention to in conference play the rest of the way are Alabama, Auburn, and Tennessee. You might wonder, why not Kentucky? 
Kentucky's a young team. They have lost several games. They don't have a defense to speak of. I don't think at this point Kentucky's a team that actually you have to worry about in this race. I think it's basically those four teams right there battling it out for the SEC regular season title. So with that being said, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. As always, what are y'all's thoughts on South Carolina's grinded out type win that they got against Ole Miss on Tuesday night? Do you think that that win, the scare that they got, will be beneficial for them moving forward? What are your thoughts on Colin Murray Boyles and how he has evolved into a legitimate piece in South Carolina's starting lineup? And lastly, what are your opinions on the SEC regular season title race? Do you think South Carolina can win it? What do you think they have to do in order to come out on top at the end of the regular season? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube or you can shoot me a direct message on X at a line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. As always, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.